0: How much you want to make a bet I can throw a football over the mountains? And boom goes the dynamite. I don't know what we're yelling about! I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. Episode 15 of the Idaho Sports PrepCast presented by Project Filter alongside managing editor of IdahoSports.com, Paul Kingsbury. My name's Sven Elskog, and Paul, we are jumping across all the sports today, kind of like last week. We'll talk some football, talk wrestling, and of course... Now that we're in the midst of basketball season, we're going to talk about a lot of hoops as well, including later on in the prep cast today,
1: announcing our boys and girls basketball performances of the week. You know, it's good to be back. We took a little bit of a break during the holiday season. Hope everyone had a great Christmas and New Year. It's good to be back. Basketball's in full swing. Girls is winding up, boys, in the, in basically in the final third of the season. It's an exciting time for high school sports. And, uh, and it's always a great time here on the Idaho Sports PrepCast.
0: And one of the things that really happens quite often during this time of the year is you get commitments for colleges from all over the state of Idaho. And we're hearing from a lot of Treasure Valley kids that they're signing to participate in collegiate athletics somewhere. One of the big ones this week, Valley View Boys basketball star Amaro Lotto, he's heading to Chipola College that's down in Florida, and uh, I don't know about you, Paul, but I had never heard of Chipola College, so I took the liberty to look it up. And it's one of the top junior colleges throughout the country. They're 20-2 and two this season, uh, perennially every time they get into their region. Tournament, they'll finish towards the top. So, uh, a really good place to sign there for Amaro Lotto,
1: and you can only imagine he'll eventually be a Division One basketball player. No, I think so. It sounds like it's a fantastic college, and they are getting themselves a very fine basketball player in Amaro Lotto. The kid can put up a lot of points in a hurry. He's a good all around basketball player, um, you know, coming out of, of Valley View, which is, you know, it's it's had its own share of, of stars coming out. You know, Matt Bausher, um one of them, comes to mind from years and years ago. So, you know, Valley View, no um, stranger to kicking out good basketball talent. Amaro Alato, just the, uh, the most recent, and uh, definitely good luck to him. Yeah, so Amar Alato, one of the players that we want to focus on. But, of course, there's football.
0: The, they're signing everywhere right now. That's really the busy time of the year for football players to sign. Chase Burfine of Caldwell, he played some wide receiver last year. He can play defensive back. He's even played quarterback before. But I think at the collegiate level, you'll see him either a wide receiver, defensive back. He is signed with the College of Idaho, and the Yotes didn't stop there as they also got capped quarterback Ryan Hibbs and Alex Ojuku of Boise. The Ojuku, one that really stands out to me, his brother John is actually playing offensive line at Boise State right now. He's starting and uh, making a big impact there. So you can only imagine that Alex Ojuku
1: at that NAIA level is just going to be an absolute terror on the line. Well, and, and I like College of Idaho, you know, Coach Moransky. he, he recruits talent from idaho and and they get good talent and it brings the fans in it brings families in and it brings local excitement to a great local college and to bring guys in you know like you just mentioned you know ryan hibbs Burfind, these guys are going to be an instant impact and it's always fun to see the positions that guys play in college versus high school you know leighton Vanderesh he was known as a star quarterback in high school now well i hear he's playing defense um in, in the nfl now so coaches see talent And they they see what could happen and they take that talent, mold it to what they need for their team, and I think they've uh, they've got a couple of good players there.
0: Now, that was a good teaser for later. We'll actually talk a little bit about Leighton Vander Esch later on in the Prep Cast. Again, our guest today is Paul Kingsbury of IdahoSports.com, talking about some of the commitment news throughout the state of Idaho this week, as Ryan Hibbs, one of those players that's committed to play football at the College of Idaho, have an opportunity to see Capital play every year. They're so well coached under Todd Simis, and he really just produces guys that are ready for the college level. Eventually, I would not be surprised to see Hibbs starting under center for the Yotes.
1: You know, and, and that's probably not a, a bad um, prediction. It's probably not a bad prediction because you're right. Simis, you know, he's a small-town guy. He came from Gooding, Idaho, which we'll talk about in just a second. But he knows how to create football players and create talent. And, of course, at Capital, you, you get a huge pool of guys coming in, which is a huge advantage versus, say, a New Plymouth or a, a Lapway or, or teams that basically play with the talent they're given. You know, he gets to choose his talent, and then he molds it, kind of like a college coach does, and then he kicks out college-ready players. Another
0: player is Caden Loveland, standout wide receiver from Gooding. He's signed with Carroll College, going to play for the Saints. And boy, Carroll College, such a talented football program year in and year out. New coach there, uh, it'll change the way that they look. But Caden Loveland was setting all kinds of records at Gooding throughout his time there, and he is going to be a real fun player to watch. Again, the level that these kids from Idaho Uh, going into NAIA, they are so ready for that particular level of competition, and I think Kate and Loveland is uh,
1: no Mm -hmm. exception to that rule. You know, and Carroll College was the College of Idaho before College of Idaho got their football program back. You could always expect Carroll College to recruit those uh, those athletes here in Idaho that made big impacts and and were great mid-level football players, you know, here in the 2A, 3A, 4A ranks. You know, if you went to Carroll College, you know, that that was a big move for them. And so College of Idaho, Carroll College, they understand that Idaho has a lot to give in the world of football, and they recruit that talent. And not a commitment here, but Boris senior Austin
0: Bolt, he has received his first offer to play football collegiately from the University of Idaho, so already getting on the board with a big sky offer. He's just a junior. As he gets into his senior year, he's going to really have an increased role with all those kids that graduated from Bora this year.
1: Yeah, and we've watched Austin Bolt for a few years there at Bora, both you know on the football field and the basketball court. And he's fun to watch. I mean, he can get down the field in a hurry. He can make big catches. Um, You know, when we started doing our plays of the week last year, a year before last, he was one of our very first ones because of this huge play he had down the sideline. And and, and that's just one of many huge plays the kid has had on the football field. So he's got a pretty bright future himself. We saw him absolutely tear it up
0: last year in their quarterfinal game against Coeur d'Alene. They had him go under center as, you know, the quarterback Jake Stanley was struggling with some interceptions. It was a wet, sloppy football game. Austin Bolt just went to the ground and started running it and absolutely lit up the Vikings' defense. I wouldn't be surprised to see Bora come out this year and just play a Wildcat-centric offense.
1: How fun would that be for a 5A school? I mean, just to watch them come out, change the schemes up a little bit, come in, not expecting it, and go right at it. I think that'd be fun to see. Because we've seen it over the years with teams like Hillcrest come out and
0: they run the sniffer. Yeah. But nobody wants to watch the sniffer. No. They, they want to watch a quarterback yeah, exactly, yeah. in the shotgun so yeah. they're not falling asleep out there. Yep. And I'll say this. I have absolutely no qualms against the the, the sniffer or the butt sniffer, right. whatever you want to call it. It's a great offense if you want to win games. It doesn't get the fan excitement, though, right. which who really cares if you're winning the game. So it, it's, right. it's just mainly we're in the media. We want to watch something that's a little bit more exciting than that. I can say this because I, I know people that were – intrinsically involved in running that offense at Hillcrest, and so I'm not offending anyone.
1: Absolutely not, and if you were, who cares, but you know, you and I were talking about this during the Patriots game. It's not a fun offense to watch, but they win games. They win a lot of games. They won that game, and it's it's not a fun, flashy, exciting, you know, throw it 50-yard offense, but you know what? It gets the yards, and it gets it done, and that's what counts. They know what works, and, and right. you know.
0: Everybody was talking about how great Tony Romo was about predicting what the next play is. And I'll say, you know, great, good for him. But the Patriots are about as predictable as it gets on the offensive side because they've mastered what works. And uh, it's just fun to watch when everybody's got it clicking on all cylinders. Well, we have additional news as well on top of college commitment news. There are two more coaching positions that have been opened up for football here in the state of Idaho Parma head coach Jake Walgamot has resigned after five seasons and a 14-32 and 32 overall record. And Jason Taylor is out at West Jefferson after five consecutive playoff appearances and a 30-19 and 19 record. You know, you look at Parma, it's an interesting job. I am curious to see who applies for that one. They did not actually win a game last year. as They went 1-8 and eight with a forfeit against Payette, so that was not an actual win, so to speak on the football field their last real win came back on october the 5th of 2017 that was 61 to 42 at home against payette and it's pretty clear uh, this is a team that kind of needs a revamp on both sides of the ball the panthers failed to score over 13 points in any game last year and they gave up 40 or more on the other side of the ball in seven of their eight games sometimes you look at jobs and you say they need an offense guy they need a defense guy Parma needs somebody that can either hire a good offensive coordinator, hire a good defensive coordinator. Right. It, it really is going to take a uh, just a guy with a lot of energy and you know ability to motivate these kids because Parma's got a lot of really good kids and they're successful in some sports. You know, right. tennis in particular. You right. look at, but some of the other sports they're trying to build them up and they're slowly getting there. But football just has not got there yet at Parma.
1: You know, in Parma and the SRV, it's one of those towns that they're, they're kind of out there by themselves. You know, you, there's no real feeder cities around them or, or, you know, kids can't go. You know, what? I'm going to go to Parma instead of going here. And so what Parma needs is someone that is going to be there for the long haul, that's in it for the investment, That that doesn't come in thinking that they're going to win a championship in the next three years. They're going to come in and say, you know what, we're going to start a program. We're going to start a program in the 5th grade, 6th grade, 7th grade and get these kids learning uh, learn, learning the schemes, learning the coaches, understanding who the coaches are. We're going to get to know who the kids are so that when they come up and they're sophomores and juniors, we're going to say, yeah, I remember you when you were 6th grade coming to our camp. That's one thing that, for instance, Cameron Anderson has done in Gooding. He has built the program from the ground up and they're going to have to have a coach that comes in and says, you know what, let's get building. Let's start building this ship from the bottom up. Uh, You know, sometimes you see in cases like this, they bring in a coach that, a first-year coach, second-year coach, wanting to, you know, add a team to their resume. They're there for a year or two, gone. It happens. It happens, and you take what you can get. Who knows what's going to happen? They they could bring in someone from the inside. Maybe there's a guy that is worthy of a shot there on the sidelines, and he's going to be that guy. Um, that's probably where I see it happening is someone that's, that's in the program, in the, in the school, um, that's been there. Who knows? But I think whoever does it, whether they come in from the outside or they hire from within, their focus and the, and I think the administration has to understand, it's not going to be a one, two, or three-year turnaround. It's going to be a turnaround building it from the ground up. And that's where you have long-term sustained success is when you do that. And even within
0: that conference, the SRV, you look at a bunch of different teams. You see your Homedale and your Fruitland in particular. Matt Holtree, the head coach at Homedale, and Ryan Tracy over at Fruitland. And they've set absolutely great examples of kind of what to follow yeah. in order to build your program effectively. And Jake Walgamot... He was fantastic to us, only Mm -hmm. uh, provided us with everything we needed, and I've heard he's a great guy as well. But it's just a tough place to win in Parma, and it's kind of the same thing that we look at with Payette. It is. And it's going to be interesting to see what they're able to do at Parma. As far as Wes Jefferson goes, boy, Jason Taylor getting into the playoffs five years in a row, great job there. I'd like to throw my speculation out, being so this is a podcast format and we can have (laughs) discussions here. Why not Jason Taylor taking the Shelley job? a run-heavy offense over there at Shelly. They're playing against uh, bigger schools with low enrollment numbers of their own. Yeah. How do you win?
1: You run the ball and play defense. That's what Jason Taylor preaches. Oh, absolutely, and you're absolutely right. If you don't have those huge stars, if you don't have the Ryan Hibbs and the Austin Bolts, guess what? You've always got guys that are big, can block, and can run, and you build your foundation around that and I think Jason Taylor would be a great uh, coach there. And Shelly, they've got this expectation of winning. They have this history. Um, you know, they they pers- personify winning. You know, those great battles between Fruitland Shelly, Shelly Fruitland, back and forth in those 3A days. You know, those are memorable. And and those are things that I think the Shelly faithful want to get back to of Shelly being in the football championship and being the boys' champions, being the girls' baseball, everything. And uh, and I you know I think it's just a uh, there's highs and lows in programs, and right now they're in a low. But you're right; I think Jason Taylor coming back could start turning things around.
0: And speaking of Shelley, they'll have a new superintendent. Is Chad Williams, formerly the superintendent at Ryrie, is going to take over as the new superintendent of the Shelley School District. He's also on the Idaho High School Activities Association Board of Directors as the representative at District Six. He's got three daughters that have played basketball at Ryrie, including two. Who have already moved on to play collegiately at Westminster, so we've had an opportunity to, you know, be around Chad Williams and see all the good work that he's done at Ryrie, and that's a great hire for Shelley.
1: Yeah, I haven't had the pleasure to meet Chad Williams yet, but I hear that he's not—he's not as mean as his picture looks. He always looks looks mean, but I, people say I look mean too. But I hear he's a great guy. He's a great guy, and I look forward to meeting him down the road. But you're right; it's—it's it's been fun. Whatever he's doing, um, he's raising great athletes. Um, he and his wife have to be uh, extremely proud of that. Um, as you look and say you know what we've had these two um, athletes come through we've got one more coming through going on to college that's just fun it's it's good for a family atmosphere as well more great
0: athletes coming through Idaho Allie Cannon of Blackfoot and Kendall Kinzer of Lewiston who is committed to Fresno State were nominated for the McDonald's All-American game last week as well what a great honor you know uh, only I believe it's what 12 15 boys and girls are yeah. on each team or something like yeah. that so in total you'll get 30 girls 30 boys and then they'll play against each other but boy it's it's tough to get nominated for that uh, making the teams going to be a different story but right. there's not a lot of people that get nominated for it so what a, a cool honor for both of them you
1: know i was not nominated for that game and so it, it's got to be pretty prestigious i think it's a big deal. Enter the laugh track now. But you're right. You know, getting getting these Idaho kids recognition. You know, that's one thing that we're all about. We've been doing it for for a couple of decades now. Is wanting to promote the kids. And so seeing, you know, you know, Allie and Kendall getting out there and getting their face in front of a national audience, potentially. I think it's awesome. I think it's fantastic. And we'll have Allie Cannon and the Blackfoot
0: Broncos broadcast live and free from their home site tomorrow night on Tuesday as they take on the visiting Bonneville Bees, ranked number two. In the 4A classification, that should be a real fun one as uh, if Blackfoot can pull off the upset in that one, they'll have a tie for first place in the conference uh, last week here of district play. Well, last thing that we wanted to touch on is a notable from last week in wrestling news. Green River, Wyoming won the Tiger Grizz Wrestling Tournament by one point over Columbia, 223-222. to CUNA, Bonneville, Eagle, Snake River, Blackfoot, Sugar Salem, and Bora also finished in the top ten. And, Paul, I, I, I'd be reminisced if I did not talk about this in particular, but I was reading in the post-register out of Idaho Falls, one of the highlights of the championship uh, bouts was Sugar Salem heavyweight Kenneth Copley. He's nicknamed the Animal. I like it. Which, that's when you know he's a good <laughs> heavyweight wrestler. He pinned Columbia's <clears throat> Skylar Hughes in just 39 seconds, and he improves to 38-0. and Yep.
1: Overall, that's also a good football player, Mr. Copley. You know, and I used to cover a lot of wrestling back in the day. You know, we had IdahoWrestlingNews.com. I, I webcast a lot of wrestling um, over the years, and uh, and, and I miss doing it. And, and the heavyweights were always some of my favorite rounds. You know, I'd, I'd do it with different guys, and Bill was, was my uh, broadcast partner at the time. He was more of a lighter weight guy, and so we had that contrasting style and opinions. But I loved the heavyweight because— you could get those 39 second pins because if you get a, a guy on his back with another you know 285 pounder on his chest you can't just push off of that and so you can get those those quick quick um, pins in there, and and it's and it, Tiger Grizz was one of those we went to every year. We went to every year, and and it would get so humid and muggy in there that there would be drops of water coming from the rafters. It's just a fun atmosphere and a great wrestling tournament. I'd love to start getting back to those. But Columbia High School, I mean, they're a juggernaut of high school wrestling in the state of Idaho. Um, Todd Katie was at Skyview forever. Columbia gets built. He goes to Columbia. Um, and, you know, athletic director Randy Potter. Those guys have done a great job and. And creating and building a tradition of wrestling at Columbia, where even though in other sports over the years they've you know they've always had a, not really a winning tradition, wrestling almost from day one, they, they've they've been able to build their athletic programs around that wrestling program that uh, that had almost instant, instant success thanks to Coach Katie.
0: And one of the things you've talked to me about over the years is kind of the subculture that there is of wrestling fans. Oh yeah. Here in the state of Idaho, and people that are on the outside don't really get to see that. But you're right, if you actually do go to the event, and you really see this anywhere, too. I've been around a lot of quality wrestling, and they do have it here in the state of Idaho. And a story that we just posted today... Uh, written by our own Will Hennick. he talks about how Idaho still has the 98-pound classification, yeah. uh, giving some smaller kids, mainly freshmen, because there are some freshmen that's just the size they are when they get yep. to high school, which is baffling to me. I wasn't there, but that's right. just what they are. You know, if they're five foot two inches tall, right, they're gonna be a hundred pounds. That's
1: exactly right.
0: Yeah, so it's kind of an interesting deal. Check that out on the theIdahosports.com homepage another interesting story out of the event was South Fremont 182 pounder Sawyer Hobbs claiming the title with a pin over Green River's Peyton Tucker this is despite having surgery 2 weeks ago for a kidney issue and being limited in practice so he goes out there a kidney problem wow. I'm not exactly sure what it was he goes out and he wins
1: it all yeah you know, that's that's pretty cool and that's the de- that's the uh, the toughness the grit of wrestling Um, You know, wrestlers always claim that that's the toughest sport, toughest sport. And and I'm inclined to agree. You know, they say there's no timeouts. They can't take timeouts once in a while. But no timeouts. It's one-on-one. It's you versus the opponent. And it's, it's as much mental as it is physical. And to go out there two weeks after a surgery like that? That's a lot mental. That's a whole lot mental. So uh, congratulations to uh, just to him for, for coming out and showing such a great performance.
0: Yeah, Sawyer Hobbs, their 182-pound champions. So that's kind of some of the notables from last week here in the state of Idaho. We'll come back after the break and talk Idaho high school sports this week and then break down the Sven's 10. Ten performances from last week that you need to hear about. And we'll also pick our boys and girls basketball performances of the week. That's coming up next here on the Idaho Sports PrepCast, presented by Project Filter. My name's Jerry, and I smoke for 30-plus years. I was elk hunting.
1: My left arm and my left leg started tingling on me. I nearly died, and it was enough to wake me up. You know, being on the top side of the grass is a good alternative to smoking. I still hunt, and now it's getting
0: time where the grandkids are going to start going and I want to be there for that. Call 1-800-QUIT-NOW or visit projectfilter.org.
1: Hey, it's winter, which means you can sit around and wait for spring or get a new Toyota 4 or all-wheel drive and get out and go. No matter if it's skiing, tubing, breaking out the
0: snowmobiles, a great road trip, or just to drive across town, with a Toyota 4 or all-wheel
1: drive, it's sure to be easier. Need more? How about great limited-time savings on your favorite Toyota 4 or all-wheel drive model? It's time to get out and go. Your adventure starts at your local Toyota dealer. Toyota, let's go places. Don't worry, honey. You know how the media sensationalizes everything. Okay, that does it. Screen you I'm going home. You play to win the game. I thought that would be big news. You thought what would be big news?
0: Time now to take a look at what's happening at Idaho High School Sports this week. Segment 2 of the Idaho Sports PrepCast presented by Project Filter alongside Paul Kingsbury. I'm Sven Elskog, and well, Paul, take a look at what's going on this week on Wednesday The Idaho High School Activities Association will host a board meeting at their office located in Boise. Some of the items on the action agenda include finalizing state tournament brackets and pairings for soccer, volleyball, and football for next year, and increasing roster sizes for soccer from 18 to 22, and in addition, also adding a four-day dead period during Christmas break. We're going to, of course, have a summary of the meeting on our homepage following the meeting, Uh, So I'll be there hanging out and uh, basically just being that one guy in the
1: room that everybody wonders why he's there you know I went I've gone to a lot of those board meetings and and, and some are exciting and and there's a lot going on some you know there's they're there because they have to have board meetings every other month you know that's just the way high school sports is sometimes there's a lot going on sometimes there isn't but there's always something on the agenda that's worth reporting on and that's why you're going right
0: well I think the uh, thing that's going to be interesting here this week in particular you take a look at it it's going to be the 3A bracket for football. If it gets approved, uh, that would also move 3A into using the RPI to seed mm-hmm. their playoff bracket, and that would change kind of the complexion of how that looks. They join 2A as classifications that have done that. Eventually, I think you're going to see the ensta- entire state of Idaho, excuse me, jump full board
1: into it, as uh, that kind of seems to be the way it is going. No, you're absolutely right. You know, they they dipped their toes in the water with 2A this year. It worked. Uh, people liked it, and if, if it works, do it. You know, And, and if, if it worked in two-way, great, get it working in 3A and 4A and 5A and, and in the eight-man ranks as well, great, let's do it. But let's get uniform and everybody doing the same thing as quickly as possible. So, again, that's the Idaho High School Activities
0: Association board meeting coming up on Wednesday the 23rd. Well, in basketball this week, that's a good girls' games. We'll start with the girls, then move over to the boys'. First place in the one A Division Two Sawtooth Conference for girls basketball is on the line Tuesday night when Dietrich heads to carry to take on the Panthers. This has been a game that we've circled over the years when the boys get together, but the girls game is the one that I think most people are interested in here this year.
1: Boy, really good teams for each of them. They're state title contenders. Oh, absolutely. And they haven't played each other yet this year. They're coming into it. Uh, you know, two games left in the regular season, um, for these teams. Can you believe that? We're already heading into districts, and we'll talk about the district brackets, I'm sure, um, towards the end of this, but you're right, Kerry, Dietrich, those are just, you know, two teams that you just look at and go, I don't care what the sport is, I want to go watch that game. Well, and before we forget, being and Sal, you brought it up, we'd like to let you guys know that district tournament <laughs> brackets
0: are going to be posted on the IdahoSports.com website here over the course of this week. Our sport information director, Matt Harris, has all of the brackets, and he has started to load them on, so... You well, may have heard of him. Yeah, we'll, we'll get those He's on. kind of a big deal. Sport Information Director Matt Harris, straight out of Canada, and now in <laughs> Idaho
1: Falls. It's a lot like Compton, just a little bit further north. Yeah, straight out of the CA. Yes. All right, well, also on
0: Tuesday night, in a game we will have a live and free broadcast for Timberline. Is at Boise in Girls Hoops. Both teams are currently 12-4. and 4. In the 5A SIC and tied for third. And with Mountain View also hosting Eagle on Thursday, that means that Eagle, Timberline, and Boise could all fall anywhere between the two and four spots heading into the district
1: tournament. So there's a lot of seeding considerations to pay attention to there. You know, it's always fun in the 5A SIC and the 4A SIC, but we're talking 5A every year because they get so many seeds on the state bracket. There's so many teams in the conference. And usually, there's one or two top teams, and there's a bunch of teams in the middle, and then there's those two or three at the bottom. And this year is one of those where there's a bunch of those right in the middle who, week to week, they they won... Uh, They won this game. Well, then they turned around and lost to this team. And then they beat one of the top two teams. And then they lost to one of the bottom... And so, week to week, you never know where it's going to go. So now that we are into the the final third of the season, these games become really interesting to watch down the stretch.
0: And that's why you see a lot of these teams in the 5ASIC with three or four losses it's very parody filled mm-hmm. aside from the top mountain view has run the table they're undefeated right now a couple of teams have kept it close against the mavericks but it's just not easy against players like darian white ojuku out there and uh, also of course uh, you can't forget about the rest of the players on that basketball team just a, a fantastic group you've had a chance
1: to see them. who are some of the players that really stood out to you over there paul well you know of course you've got trinity slocum you know she's a sophomore this year um Nye williams um she, she's a sophomore as well. A lot of talent coming up. Naya Ojuku, as you mentioned, a freshman, six foot coming in. Um, uh, Kreiser, Olivia Kreiser's on that, uh, on that team. Braylon uh, Whitelock. I mean, there's just so many good players on that team that uh, they're going to be fun to watch, not just this year, because there's only three or four seniors on the team. The rest are juniors, sophomores, freshmen, um, as we mentioned Ojuku. So they're going to be tough to beat for a couple of years to come, maybe more.
0: And Mountain View has been undefeated and number one ranked throughout the course of the entire season they are going to enter the state tournament as heavy favorites in the Mm -hmm. 5a classification we'll see if anybody could knock them off the throne here this year a couple of the other girls games that we are looking forward to this week include west jefferson at firth girls on wednesday bonneville at blackfoot on tuesday a game we'll have broadcast we'll also have a broadcast of highland at century on thursday prairie at lapway another game taking place on thursday and then on saturday saint mary's is at Grangeville in a big 2A Central Idaho League game. On the boys' basketball side of things, it's a loaded schedule all week, and it gets started on Tuesday
1: with Meridian at Mountain View as they fight for the Stinky Sneaker. Absolutely, and officially, it's the uh, Randy Fout Memorial Stinky Sneaker Spirit Award because it doesn't matter who wins the game. It, it's all about the spirit and the sportsmanship and, and the school pride, and boy, does it come out. Last year was at Meridian. Um I was there with uh Glenn Jones. We did that game and and it was a great game one to begin with. I think it was a three point win. Um between the two. Meridian won it seventh year in a row. Sven, so, this is gonna be the fourteenth annual. Meridian has won the last seven in a row. And so uh Coming into Mountain View tomorrow night, I think uh, maybe the Mavericks student faithful might have a little chip on their shoulder, wanted to get that trophy back. It's a cool trophy. It's just a little Chuck Taylor, all uh, worn and beat down. I'm sure it does smell. Started off by Randy Fout, the assistant principal, way back when, and uh, and, and coming into it. It's just a fun game. It doesn't matter what the records are between these two teams, because it's all about uh, school pride and sportsmanship, and, and who can yell the loudest, and the posters and, and the cheering, and it's a fun atmosphere. And you could
0: basically throw the stat sheet away from the first time these teams played. As Meridian annihilated Mountain View ninety-one to fifty-three. That was the season opener, though. Lots of things have changed since then. I, I'd venture to say, Paul, Mountain View might be one of the most improved teams in the state over the course of the last couple of weeks. They've gotten wins against Eagle and Boise, hung in against some other good teams. Mountain View seems to be heading in the right direction. Meridian. I'm interested to see if they're going to get Brody Roberry back at any point this season. He's a six-foot-ten post down on the interior, and uh, he's been banged up. Uh, we'll have to talk to Coach Sander tomorrow and hear what's going on with him, because that's a player they're going to need if they want to make a run at the state tournament this year.
1: You know, in Mountain View right now, they're six and nine overall, four and eight in conference. They're towards the bottom, but you're right. You know, you're saying they're the most improved, but they came in with a whole lot of talent. That talent just didn't gel. As a team, you know, they lost Jalen Galloway. I actually spoke to him the other night after the College of Idaho game. He's doing well, for all of you uh, wondering about that. But, you know, coming in, we got uh, Tereshima. You know, he's a senior coming in. They've got Alabijic, guys coming in as a junior. Austin uh, Smart, Dallin Perrin, all these, all this great talent. Jackson Gentry, Massad uh, on the inside. There was so much talent that you looked at Mountain View coming into the season, going, yeah, they're going to be in the top three, four, or five. And then it turned out in the beginning they just couldn't gel as a team, and it showed with the final scores. Well, now, towards the end of the season, heading into districts, final, uh, you know, stretch run. They're coming together, and that's when it counts. It doesn't matter how you start the season. It's how you finish it. And I think the uh, Mavericks are showing everyone that, hey, we have the talent. We've come together as a team. Watch out for us heading into districts.
0: Speaking of Massad, that was one of the players we didn't get to in the commitments. He is signed with the College of Idaho to play football.
1: Everybody's, so they're getting everybody. Everybody's signing. I, I have some eligibility left. I might go talk to them and say, hey, can you fit me in somewhere? Tiddlywink, something. I'll play for you. Well, it's everybody in the Treasure Valley that they're signing. Right. Which is they like the series. How smart is that? How smart is that? One, they're getting good talent, so their teams are going to win. And then they're also getting local, which improves people in, coming in the gate. You know, families and everything else coming in. I mean, it's just a smart, smart way to do business, if you can call that for a college program. They're recruiting great players but keeping it local. That, you know, It's just smart.
0: And one of the things I used to talk to my roommate Tyler Belknap in college about is how Idaho State University didn't used to recruit the state of Idaho well at all. Mm-hmm. It was absolutely horrendous. Some of the guys that they were passing up and not even looking at, and uh, it completely changed. They got a new coaching staff, Rob Fennessey, and they put the emphasis on Idaho. Now that they won Idaho, basically, they go out and they handle... The Idaho Vandals last year in the regular season, much more competitive team within the Big Sky Conference. And then you look at the College of Idaho, they're keeping it Idaho. Their attendance is good for basketball and football. Right. And uh, they're building a lot of fans here in this area. Yep. And uh, it's pretty impressive to see what the College of Idaho does because you look at a team like NNU, and NNU is having just as good of a season this year. And, uh, you know, they're starting to build up a little bit as well. But it just seems like, for whatever reason, the College of Idaho is just kind of on a next level as far as the
1: fan interest. Well, they are. And, you know, I mentioned my my wife and I took a couple of our kids to the game on Saturday night. Right in front of us, Talon Pinkney's family, right in front of us. Right behind us, Jake Bruner's mom and dad, right there. And so, you know, you keep it local and it's fun. You know, it's not just fans coming in and, you know, mom and dad are watching from Southern California where he grew up or or whatever the case may be you keep, like you said you keep it local you you're doing it idaho and i think that's the uh, the right way to do it
0: and jake bruner his prairie pirates will be taking on lapway at home for first place in the 1a division one white pine league that's also on tuesday night on wednesday a couple of big 4a sic games in boys basketball bishop kelly at columbia is the game we'll be at Mm -hmm. and the other game that night is middleton at valley view that could help uh get the standings a little bit more sorted
1: out than they are right now it's a log jam towards the top it is and and that's fun to see it's always nice to see a bunch of great teams at the top battling it out versus you know you've got your one team at the top who's who's beating everybody and everybody else is fighting for second or third i like the log jams at the top of conference standings then on thursday salmon river heads to cambridge to take on the tri-valley titans
0: looking to avenge a 51 to 25 loss that the savages suffered at home earlier this month and uh, you know salmon river you can't talk about them Without also mentioning Leighton Vander well, you can head to our Facebook page now at Idaho Sports for information on a jersey auction for a Leighton Vander game-worn Cowboys jersey, with all the proceeds going directly. To the Salmon River Athletic Program.
1: I mean, how cool is that? I was I got up this morning and and uh, looked at Paula Tucker, the AD. Looked at her Facebook and and that's where I got it from. We shared it on ours, hopefully to get a little bit of uh, statewide traction. I mean, yeah, it's a it's a, a signed jersey from Leighton Vanderesh. Last I saw, it was up to nine hundred and fifty dollars somewhere in there. Um, but uh, but how cool is that? And every every uh, every dime's going back to the Salmon River Athletic Program. That's a kid that leaves goes big. And uh, remembers these roots and gives back. Love to see it.
0: I remember last year we went to the March Madness at Taco yeah. Bell Arena and we passed Leighton Vanderesh in the hallway and he was just walking through like a normal average everyday guy. Yep. I was talking to my buddy Lucas Gebhart when we were at the game this last weekend against Fresno State and I said, you know, the last time I was here, Leighton Vanderesh was walking around. I said, Leighton Vander probably can't walk on this campus right now without
1: being bombarded completely. Right. And it wasn't like he was an unknown nobody at the time either. That was right before the draft, right?
0: Yeah, and exactly. so you know
1: he'd been there playing. He was a star at BSU, but you're right. We saw him walking around um, on that level, and, and I didn't even see him. We walked by and said, "Hey, there was Leighton Vanderish. Esch." And I wanted to turn around because he and I have talked before. We, you know, I've done his games lots, and and, uh, and I thought, you know what? I'll just leave him alone. Now I'd probably be fanboy on him and say, "Hey, Leighton, can I have your autograph?" And and uh, but you're right. You're absolutely right. It's amazing how just a little bit of time passes, and and it changes a person's uh, whole life completely. But here he is giving back, and, and this won't be the last time either.
0: Yeah, pretty cool guy and uh, easy to root for. Also on Thursday, 3A number one Fruitland plays host to number two Parma in a battle of SRV powers. Fruitland has Jake O'Neal back, and he's going to make a difference here early in his return. Two other notable games in the 3As on Thursday include Sugar Salem at South Fremont and Snake River at Teton. You look at those teams that we just listed off, uh, it's pretty easy to say that you're probably
1: seeing five of those six teams make the 3A state tournament. Yep, and at and, and this time of year, that's kind of what you look for is we start doing the big games. You start looking at who's playing who. And it's always fun when you get to the end of the season and the games are important. You know, it's it's never good for anybody when the last three four games of the season are, oh, well, it's number one versus number four or, you know, top to bottom, whatever this year. Around the state, you're looking at the, uh, the last couple of weeks of the regular season being that uh, they matter. They're, they're games that are big and they matter.
0: On the Friday slate of action, it's highlighted by Meridian at Bora. We'll be at that game. Preston is at Century in the Snake Pit. Potlatch at Prairie. And Nampa at Valley View. That might very well be for a battle of first place Mm -hmm. by the time Friday comes. Then on Saturday, Prairie is playing Ambrose at Salmon River. It's a neutral site game. And uh, we always like those neutral site games because it gets a couple of teams against each other that normally would not be playing during the regular season.
1: Right. Those are fun. And and we've... We've had a chance over the years to do those. You know, there's the uh, the football games that come in at, at Middleton every year. They're doing it again next year. You know, Travis Mater up at Prairie is putting that on with three eight-man games happening first week or two of the season. And, and, it, and it's, I think it's great for the sport. It's great for the kids. Um, it's great for the fans. And it's great for us because we can get teams coming from different parts of the state in one location. And uh, I, I think it's just great when you get cross-state matchups.
0: Another game on Saturday is Weezer at Parma. So those are the boys' basketball games. We talked about girls' basketball as well. The IHSA board meeting. A lot going on this week in Idaho high school athletics. And for many of the girls' districts, this is the final week of the regular season starting next week and uh, the week after for some. Going to get into full steam district tournament coverage, which, again, we will have brackets on the IdahoSports.com homepage. Again, this is the Idaho Sports PrepCast presented by Project Filter. and It's now time to introduce a new segment here, Paul, and uh, that's the Sven's 10. We're going to run down 10 performances from last week that impressed us in a big way, boys and girls basketball. And then when we're done running them over, for those of you that didn't get a chance to read the article yet, we want to give you the context here on the uh, the PrepCast. When we're done with that, We'll come back and we'll pick our girls' basketball performance of the week and our boys' basketball performance of the week. So we'll start uh, at the top here, as this is in no particular order. This is just the top of my list. As St. Mary's, they played two classification up, up and they beat Sandpoint 40-36 to 36 behind 22 points and 10 rebounds from Casey Haig and 7 points, 12 assists, and 7 rebounds from Madison Cordell, and they weren't done there. As they repeated those performances in a league win against Orofino Cordell totaled 18 points, 8 rebounds and 7 assists and Hag tallied 16 points, 6 boards and 8
1: steals. All right, we're going to rotate. You are, are the next one here on the Spence tent. Oh, awesome. Well, first before I get into it, I just want to say give a shout out to the girls Sandpoint uh, head coach, Will Love. He was at the Press Tribune for a very long time. That's where I got to know him. Um, and then he moved up there, was an assistant, and now he's the head coach there. So congratulations, Mr. Love, on, on being the head coach up there at Sandpoint.
0: So that's why he emails in and is so friendly. Oh, he loves us. And yeah.
1: personable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's okay. a great guy. He's he's gotcha. a great guy anyway. Um, but the fact that he's up there and doing well being a coach, yeah, I, I love it. I love to see guys succeed and have success. And and, uh, and Will Love is definitely one of those good guys. And So congratulations to him. But All right. Merch? Swinging it back into the uh, the Sven's 10. It's a good thing your parents didn't name you Sven, or else it would have been a very short Sven's 1, and it had yeah. been, been done now. We'd yeah. have to rename it. That would be a disaster. <laughs> it was hard enough to come
0: up with anything original. I mean, this was probably the first idea. We weren't very creative. I was talking to Matt
1: last week, and uh, just had to come up with something, right? Well, it works. I think it's fantastic. So here we are. Lighthouse Christians, Casper Block. He put up a double-double. 12 points, 19 boards. Uh, the Lions beat Carey 73-52, hauled in 16 boards the game prior in a 90-44 blowout of Dietrich. 90 points in a high school game. Back in my day, that happened all the time. That doesn't happen these days. So being able to pour in 90 points, that's pretty cool. They beat a perennial team that makes state tournament yeah. and does a lot, yeah. Dietrich, by forty six points. When was the last time Wayne Dill saw his team lose by that much? I'm gonna I'm gonna guess it's been a very very long time. Well, and Dietrich came out, they responded, and they beat Camus
0: County, which was undefeated in the yeah. district prior to that. And then after that, they only lost by seven to Oakley. So Dietrich's not even a a bad basketball team by any stretch of the imagination. Maybe
1: it was a wake up game for the Blue Devils.
0: Yeah, no kidding. I mean, I look at Lighthouse, and that's a team. That I don't think anybody wants to play. You can kind of say the same thing about the Boise Braves. Yeah.
1: As Cole Alton,
0: he displayed what makes him one of the premier players in the state of Idaho with 29 points, 10 rebounds
1: in a 70 to 43 win over Skyview. Kid's the real deal. We watched him the last two or three years. Uh, we talked to Matt Hawkins, one of the assistant coaches, over the over the summer um, during a, a little league baseball game, basically, and, and he said, "Watch out for Cole Alton." He was he was absolutely right on the money because Cole Alton comes in. Man among boys this year, so it's, he's going to be fun to watch heading into the state tournament as well. All right. 48 43 win over Castleford's fan. Hagerman's Alana Floyd. 19 points, 12 rebounds, 6 steals. That's a pretty complete game. Fellow conference opponent Dietrich. They were represented well by Madigan Bingham. Scored 28 of the 47 points in a 47 30 win at Glens Ferry. Bingham hit 6 triples on the night. Six three-pointers.
0: And you're going to see as we go through this, there's quite a few players that were uh, effective from deep, and that's no surprise with the way that basketball's going right now. But Bingham, one of the highest point productivity totals in girls basketball last week with the 28. And uh, 28 out of 47 is a pretty good little total as well. And uh, we want to make an opportunity to highlight Showband as they've struggled this year in a big way in boys basketball. But they did win their first two games of the season last week, including a 50 to 46 overtime win against Clark County. Ethan Chacon, 19 points, 18 rebounds. Whenever you push 20 rebounds, you're going to end up on this list. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. Dennis Rodman of the uh, of the 182 ranks is right there. I mean, I love rebounding. Rebounding is just something I've always enjoyed watching. Clear back to the Dennis Rodman days on the Chicago Bulls. I love it. It's hustle. It's smarts. It's not luck um, being a good rebounder. So these kids that have these huge rebounding totals, they're good basketball players. All right, I'm going to move us right into my section, Valley View. Jasmine Bowles. Known her dad a long time, Derek Bowles. He was the AD at TVCC for a long time. She filled the stat sheet pretty well in the Falcons. 60-31 to 31 win over the crosstown rival Ridgeview. Bulls finished with 21 points, 8 boards, 7 assists, and get this, 5 blocks. 5 blocks. A lot of, a lot of kids you know, get that in, in an entire season. She got it in one game. She was checking all the boxes there, and
0: that was kind of a similar thing for Hannah Stapleton of Nez Perce. 28 points and 15
1: rebounds in a 46-22 non-league win at Cambyai. Well, we're going to stay small school up north, and despite losing 66-61 to Lapway. Grangeville's Trey Water, 33 points is what he dropped. Wildcats' Peyton Sabota had 22 points, 11 boards in the win. Sabota then had a career-high 33 points to lead Lapway to a come-from-behind win over uh, league opponent Potlatch, 68-61. to 61.
0: So two players in there with 33 points, and yeah. uh, not to be outdone, Michael Yurov ryrie he went off on a shooting display as well against conference foe North Fremont rattling off eight three-pointers. He finished with 33 points, scoring onslaught. I heard he was absolutely electric there. And the number one-ranked Bulldogs defeated North Fremont 74-45. I jumped out of order there. So now you can go up and talk about your Salmon River Savages
1: players. Are you saying I'm a homer when it comes to Salmon? You are. I am. Absolutely. I, I'm going to admit it. I really am. I'm a huge fan. I don't have any swag from Salmon River, though. So if anybody from Salmon River is listening, hey, I would love some uh, you know, shirts, hats, bumper stickers whatever. We've what? got it from Valley and Oakley yes. and uh, other people have sent stuff. I mean, people pay attention. Didn't Carrie say something to you? I think so. See, and, and back in the day, you, you were probably still in elementary school when I was doing this in Idaho sports, oh but boy. I, it was a long time ago. I would get gear from everywhere and I'd wear it. You know, I had Eye gear, um, Grace. My wife still wears the shirt I got from Grace, you know, so it's it's fun. It's fun getting all that, that, that gear from different schools. So, uh, so anyway, you know, Randy McClure, You know, that's a name that I've had the pleasure of saying I don't know how many times over the years between basketball and football. He led Salmon River to a 63-49 win at Council, 29 points. On the girls' side of things for the Savages, Chevelle Shepard, 30 points in a 69-31 win over Rivals Horseshoe Bend. So now
0: the last thing to do here is to announce who we selected As our performances of the week for boys and girls basketball, you just heard the Spence 10, and now we make our final decisions here. I don't even know if I told Paul who I picked. Did I tell you, Paul? You
1: did not tell me. It's a surprise to everyone. All right, so I'm
0: going to announce it here then. Okay. Our boys basketball performance of the week, following up with his girls basketball comrade, Matty Johnson, from last week. It's Ryrie's Michael Ure with 33 against North Fremont. I also had a
1: huge game against Teton. That kid is going to go far with basketball. You know, and I'm excited because I'm broadcasting the two-way tournament, so I'm going to get to see that kid up close and personal. He was my pick in my head, so I'm I'm glad we were on the same page there.
0: And the runner-up for me was Peyton Sabota out of Lapway for boys basketball. Could have easily been him as well with that career-high 33 for the Wildcats and then the big game against Grangeville and a win. Um, But – nonetheless, I'm sure Sabota will eventually win one of these. Yeah. Our girls' basketball performance of the week, and this one was tough. I could have given it to any of these particular girls that we've listed off. It's Nez Perce's Hannah Stapleton with her 28 points and 15 rebounds against Kamiai. That's just a game you don't see very often. Dominated the interior. And uh, if she can continue to do that, the Nez
1: Perce Indians are going to make some Big time noise comes state. Oh, yeah. And, you know, continuing that winning tradition there at Nesper, seeing them back again and again. That's just fun to see. Dave Snodgrass, the head coach. That's right. That's right. He knows how to create perennial powers in District 2. And, and I know a guy that grew up there, Dave Stillman, knew him, worked with him a long, long time ago, and then I found out he was from Nez Perce, and this was 20 years ago. And uh, and I'm like, wow, Nez Perce, that's up there. And, and so every time I think of Nez Perce and Snodgrass, I think of my, my good buddy Dave Stillman from up there. So, you know, it's it's fun having these uh, memories and relationships from all over Idaho and then seeing these teams at state. You know, we're just so looking forward to uh, to the end of February, first weekend of March. That's what we work for For um, ever since. As soon as football's done, we get into basketball mode, and we're there all the way through the All-Star Games up at Coeur d'Alene about mid-March. So, again,
0: Michael, you're of Ryrie and Hannah Stapleton of Nez Perce. Write it down on your resume. You are the IdahoSports.com Performances <laughs> of the Week here for this previous week of high school basketball. Well, we had a lot of fun today. Paul, thanks for coming on the PrepCast. Anytime. I love coming. For everybody else behind the scenes here at IdahoSports.com, my name's Finn Elskock. Make sure to tune in for episode 16 of the Idaho Sports Prepcast presented by Project Filter next week. So long, everybody.